This is a Voice in the Wilderness podcast channel. This is going to be Random Thoughts number 13, and I'm not superstitious, so don't worry about it. Um, this Today's topic um, is going to be kind of a generalized topic, but the first topic I'm going to start with is um, the need for fire and brimstone when it's necessary, that approach. But first, a prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost, Amen. All that I am, all that I have, all that I do shall be consecrated to the service, honor, and glory, and exaltation of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, the Sacred Heart of Jesus, and the Heavenly Kingdom. In Jesus' name I pray, Immaculate Heart of Mary, please pray for us. Sacred Heart of Jesus, please pray for us. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, Amen. So, the reason for this random thoughts is, um, I I have a friend that I talk to who's you know um he he listens to my my podcast both channels um and he's he's been with me from almost the very beginning of the start of my original podcast, St. Longinus' Baptism. Ah, uh, once again, I just need to feel the need to explain. On the other platform that has the St. Longinus' Baptism podcast, the one that I recorded off of, and it curates and sends off the, to sites like Spotify, Google Play, um, and Amazon. Um, the last time I checked the analytics, it didn't appear that anyone has listened to the original podcast. And I made this note earlier. I can't be for certain if that's the case because in addition to those platforms, I've curated that podcast to several different other platforms and I'm not sure if those platforms are sending their analytics to the curator that I used for that podcast. And I ain't gonna lie, um, the tenor... And tone of the the original podcast is a lot more, as he termed it, fire and brimstone. Now, don't get it twisted. There are podcast. Uh, I'm sorry. There are episodes on that original podcast where I'm speaking as I'm speaking now, matter of factly, calmly, what have you. But it got me thinking today because and maybe maybe this explanation is necessary because um I want people who are new to my to my channel to know that 
Um, I want people on my channel to know that um, I'm sorry. I'm, I, I had the original thought and as I was given the explanation, it went out of my head. Um, let me go ahead and just deal with the topic. And if it comes back to me, I'll, I'll, I'll circle back to what I was originally going to say. So he was mentioning the fact that, you know, and like I said, the original podcast is a lot more what he terms fire and brimstone. And part Oh, thank you, Mother Mary and Lord Jesus. The reason I use a mixed approach is because my um, I have said, and I don't expect if nobody has gone to my original podcast, because I'm pretty sure on this channel, I haven't talked about it. Um, I used a mixed approach because... Um, Oh, good grief. We'll circle back. <laughs> anyway, um, I you uh oh one more time. The the reason sometimes I get fire and brimstone is because that that's that's who are, that's my, um, kind of my personality. Uh, don't get it twisted, new listeners. I'm not saying that I run around when, you know, I'm out amidst the public screaming in their faces that they need to repent or Jesus is going to come down and smite them. But, um, sometimes this approach is necessary and one of the things I, I believe I had mentioned on this platform is just like anything else, everything is a learning experience. Everything is learning as you go. So, and this is part of my spiritual life. Lord willing, if you're attempting to get pious and devout and find the true religion, you're 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 still going to have your sins and your faults as a human being. It's just, you know, it's the nature of the way things work. Well, Lord willing, if you're serious and you're sincere, you know, you'll you'll grow. And I I I I I have covered this aspect in a previous episode. I definitely can see a difference between you know, between the few episodes I've done lately and the beginning of the St. Longinus' baptism. So, I try not to be presumptuous when it comes to my spiritual growth, but I can honestly say that it looks like I'm heading in the right direction. But, the fire in the brimstone, or what he terms it, for those of you outside of the United States, 
for your benefit. And I, I've been former product. Uh, I'm sorry. I've been a former Protestant and I've been a former Vatican II sect member. In the Protestant, well, actually, just it's an expression in America. Oh, fire and brimstone, which means it, it basically refers to Protestant preachers, honestly. Having been a former Protestant, I can say honestly that it, it literally refers to a Protestant preacher who is giving sermons that are very intense, very sharp, um, and, and they seem almost angry. Now, for my newer listeners, I had a foster dad who was a Baptist minister. And I told this story. I'm not sure if I told it on this platform. I definitely know I told it on St. Longinus' baptism. I had a foster dad who was a, a, a Baptist minister. Now, um, he did service, I want to say, twice a week. For those of you who are un, unfamiliar with Protestantism, um, some because it's a bunch of individuals doing their own things, no one Protestant sect is going to be the same. But in the church that he ran, he had a Sunday service and then he had a Wednesday Bible study. Now, from Monday to Saturday, and I know this from personal experience, this guy was the literally the most mild-mannered individual he was the most mild-mannered, uh, gentle individual you could have ever met. And trust me, I, I'm, I'm giving the man a compliment because at that time, um, you couldn't have found a bigger, what, what we say in America, problem child in me if you tried. But... I can only remember, I lived with him for about two or three months, and I can only remember one time. And even when he was like, he, was, he wasn't yelling or nothing. He was just telling me, look, you're, you're, you're acting like, uh, in my expression, not his, an a-hole. You know, we're taking care of you. We're feeding you. Can't you try to meet us halfway? And because I, 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 I loved and respected the man, I did try to clean up my act. But I was, as we say in America, a handful. But on Sunday, it was like he turned into an entirely different purpose. Uh, for my regular listeners who think that I'm fire and brimstone... Believe me, I don't have anything on my foster dad. <laughs> That's the truth. Um, I used the expression in a, a previous podcast about Mussolini from the balcony. For those of you younger types who are too young to even know who Mussolini was or what I mean when I say Mussolini from the balcony, that's actually a joke from the uh, TV show Seinfeld. From the 90s. Basically Mussolini was a fascist Italian dictator from World War II. Who when he gave a speech. Would rant and rail 
from a balcony at his audience. And because it was all political, obviously not telling them, you know, hey, clean up your act. His audience loved it and they would cheer and they would give the fascist salute and blah, 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 blah. That, that was literally <laughs> how my foster dad did this. And I remember the first sermon of that where that happened and I was like, whoa, where's my foster dad? What have you done with him? This is not my foster dad. And once again, obviously since he's a Protestant preacher, he wasn't talking about politics. Well, some do, but he was talking, telling his, his congregation, hey, straighten up and fly right. Except he was being very um, loud and intense about it. So that's the explanation with fire and brimstone. When an American says fire and brimstone, that's kind of what they're talking about. But I use that approach. Oh, thank you, Mother. I'm going to get this out before I forget. There is, and I've said this on both of my platforms, I have a reason for everything that I do. And if it sounds on an episode that I'm getting ranty or ravey, I'm doing that on purpose. I'm a very deliberate person. I every, well, not everything, but I try, and I was like this before I got serious about my Catholicism. I, you know, because people, why did you do that? Why did you do that? And I'd be like, I have a purpose for that. So, everything I say, my approach, and eat, well, I like to think that the, the topics I bring up are from our Blessed Mother and our Lord Jesus Christ. But they're, but they're, I'm very deliberate. This, this is not an accident. This is not me flying off the handle. Which, by the way, in case my previous story didn't tell you, so was my foster dad deliberate in that fashion. And so, because for the sake of my new audience, I want to let you guys know, if you stumble upon one of my previous episodes where you're like, whoa, one episode he's calm and collected, the next, the next one he's fire and brimstone, it's on purpose. I haven't lost my temper. Well, I haven't lost my temper. However, where I would say I'm not being deliberate, um, you know, deliberate is... I tend on some occasions to get very, very sarcastic, mocking, um, ridiculing, and uh, let's be honest, not godly. Um, that is not the deliberate part. That is me. That is me going back to my natural self, and that is me indulging my former self. Because back in the day, 
if you cross me the wrong way, I had no problem telling you in the most devastating way I could to get out of my face, I think you're a jackass. But the calm and conversational and even the, uh, as he called it, fire and brimstone, those are deliberate approaches. The reason I do this is not that I'm calling myself or, or claiming this, this to my own credit because I'm not. I'm trying to be an example, for lack of a better term. I was going to use the word leader. Anybody who's a regular listener knows I don't consider myself a good leader. So instead, what I'll use is the term good example. When you're trying to set a good example, you're calm and conversational with people, i.e., uh, atheists, agnostics, um, Protestants, and Vatican II sect members who are literally acting out of ignorance. And because this is in the this is the interwebs, and I don't know people personally, um, I don't know who I'm reaching. So, out of charity, my fallback position is is that. If a Protestant or an atheist or an agnostic or a Vatican II guy listens to any of these episodes, that they're doing it out of goodwill. They're just ignorant. They don't know better. And anybody who has kids, anybody who's been in the military and uh, have been a sergeant and above knows, you treat some, uh, in the case of the military, and if you're very new to this, I'm former military, a good NCO is not going to chew out a private that just got out of basic training who doesn't know, as we used to say in the American Army, his butt from his elbow. You don't chew him out. Now, does that mean that bad sergeants haven't done that? Oh, of course. I've had first-hand experience. But a good NCO doesn't. However, a good NCO is very very demanding of somebody who is a veteran, you know, somebody who knows what they should be doing and are not doing it. And so, and for my longtime listeners, I know that I have been very, very, um, mocking, derisive, and uh, sarcastic toward Protestants and Vatican II sect members on my original podcast. I've done episodes where I point out the errors. But once again, what you guys need to remember is on that podcast, I had just started out not just on the podcast itself, I had just started getting serious in the spirit, Catholic, uh, true Catholic spiritual life. So in that instance, I'm not where I am now. And I indulge 
I indulge the the uh, desire to be, you know, to be mocking, to ridicule, to be sarcastic. But it, you know, and I, I, I hope and pray that my longtime listeners will recognize that throughout the course of both podcasts, I've tempered my approach toward people who don't know better. Now, and I've mentioned this in previous podcasts because my longtime listeners know that um, I get very harsh and very mocking with my co-religionists out of contests or true Catholics as I call them. Um, once again, um, some of it is deliberate and some of it is me being self-indulgent. It is literally me being self-indulgent in some cases. The self-indulgence I have no excuse for. But if you're a long-time listener, you can rest assured with our Lord and His Blessed Mother and the saints in heaven's help, I hope to get rid of the self-indulgence. But part of it is deliberate. I want to stress that completely. Part of it is deliberate. And I've, I've covered this in a previous episode on this platform. The reason, and by the way, that particular episode, I looked at the analytics, is one of my more popular episodes. And I suspect the reason it's popular is a lot of Vatican II types with axes to grind. See that title, oh, he's going to give it the son of a contest. And they're expecting me to call said Vacantis a bunch of heretics and schismatics. And I'm sure they're very disappointed when it turns out that I say, you have the truth, start acting like you have the truth. They're disappointed. But anyway, um, one of the greatest modern faults culture of society, when I say modern, I'm talking about culture, false is, is pride. A lot of people refuse, and I'm, I'm talking about my co-religionists. Now, is every set of vacantes as prideful as the devil? No, they're not. But I'm, once again, that's another thing too. When I give these talks, they're generalized. And I've said ad nauseum, if it doesn't apply to you, don't get offended. Just assume I'm talking to somebody who's actually like that. If, if that's not your issue. But at the same token, just give, it some, give the talk some thought. Don't blow it off immediately and think, well, I'm not prideful, so doesn't apply. Just give it some thought. See if there's somewhere in there that you may need any uh, help with. It's my advice. But one of the biggest issues is pride. To any of my American listeners who've ever been in, you know, because I can't speak for any militaries outside the United States, one of the reasons in basic training 
if you've ever seen the videos where they get off the, 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 the civilians get off the bus and they're going to basic training and the drill sergeants, um, by the way, for you outside of the U.S., if you watch the uh, basic, tr oh, I'm sorry, they're Marines, boot camp scene from Full Metal Jacket and the, the drill sergeant is acting like a literal demon, there's a purpose behind this. The purpose of them screaming and yelling and acting like a man possessed is to break their civilian recruits of their pride and their apathy and their um, laziness. They're literally trying, in their case, to put the fear of the military in these civilians. They're literally, you know, they're, they're trying to instill a mindset in these civilians. You are no longer you're yours. You are um, the property of the United States government. We own you. We're going to remake you in our image. Now, because people are people, you know, it different results for different people, but that is the purpose. And that is my purpose at yelling at my co-religionists. That's, that's part of it. And I've covered this, but for my newer listeners, I'm going to cover it again because I've just stated three principles in the span of about 10 minutes. To wake them up to their sin of pride and presumption. Number two, to tell them the seriousness of their salvation and their need to take it seriously. And number three, a person with pride, unless you break them of the pride via uh, sarcasm, mocking, ridicule, and I'm speaking from experience myself on this one, some people are hard-headed. That's the only kind of language they understand. And just to make things clear, that includes the females. Everybody wants to, you know, has been brainwashed into thinking that females, you know, they're delicate little flowers. Um, you can't, you can't mock them. You can't ridicule them. Now, because females are individuals too, in some cases it's true. But from speaking from personal experiences, there are females that are worse than males in their behavior and attitudes. I'm speaking from personal experience. And so it's necessary every once and again, in my experience, I've, I've had girlfriends where um, I tried, I tried to humor them. I tried to humor them and they kept pressing the envelope and I had to let, you know, what, what the moderns call, I had to set my boundaries and I had to raise my voice, mock and ridicule them and tell them, Hey, you're stepping on my last nerves. Knock it off. And because Every girl is an individual. Sometimes it worked. 
Other times I had to pack my bags and go my own separate way. Um, but there's also another aspect toward this approach, and that is because said vacantis, and this is what I'm talking about, the, the difference between somebody fresh out of basic training and somebody who's been there a minute. If the set of accountants know the truth and are supposed to set the example, i.e. the veteran in the military unit, then they should act like it. And a good NCO, if he sees one of his veterans acting like uh, a jackass, he's going to read him the riot act in front of the whole uh, squad or platoon. Because sometimes public humiliation is necessary. But um, obviously people being people, you know, um, it depends on the person, how, how you handle the situation. But um, so I, I am deliberately harsh, just like I'm deliberately harsh with the Vatican II sect members, or I'm sorry, apologists, the apologists, anyone who's inside what they think the real Catholic Church and thinks that Mr. Bergoglio is a real pope, know that their apologists for the most part, are professional. Now, does that mean that there aren't laymen, Vatican II sect members who on whatever platform they're on, Facebook, Twitter, what have you, that don't do apologetics? I've been, as I said earlier, I'm a former Vatican II sect member myself. I know that happens. But I'm talking about the professionals. And the Vatican II sect members and some of my set of a contest audience, if I have any, will recognize the following names. Michael Voris, E. Michael Jones, uh, T.K. Marshall, or G.K. Marshall, I'm not sure which, Jimmy Aiken, um, Salsa, and, and the myriad of professionals that are in the Vatican II sect who literally make their living spreading lies, falsehoods, and heresies. You do that for a living. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be literally the reincarnation of that drill sergeant from Full Metal Jacket because you're leading people to hell. I don't care. I don't care if you think you're doing the right thing because number one, if you're a paid apologist, you should know better. But more than that, the traditional, and I'm talking when I say traditional, pre-Vatican II church teaches that if you're an apologist, you don't, you don't teach stuff that you know is an error. Once again, that comes back to being 
as my generation, I'm an Xer, Gen Xer, used to call, um, what's the word? Um, I'm just going to use another word. Um, genuineness. If you're being genuine, then you're genuine. But you don't pretend to be genuine when you're not. And that's a principle that, once again, broken record, that applies even in the um, the natural the natural life. Not not just being a true Catholic, but even if you're an atheist or agnostic. People really like genuine people, or depends on the person, but for the most part, people like a person who's honest and direct and sincere. Being genuine is being who you truly are. And not to put a fine point on it, because I've mentioned this multiple times on both of my platforms. What you see is what, or I'm sorry, what you hear is what you get. I'm the same person right now that I am when I go to the job, that I am when I go to the VA hospital. Nothing changes. And I'm not changing that. I'm not changing that to, you know, to coddle people's feelings. As I've also said, ad nauseum, if my approach, you know, if my approach bothers you, if you're, if you're literally after the truth and my approach, not what I'm telling you, bothers you, there are plenty of other set of contest podcasters out there you can listen to who have the truth. But... I'm definitely harsh on those guys because in in some of the cases of the Vatican II apologists, i.e. Marshall and uh, Voris, E. Michael Jones, these guys, in the case of Marshall, Marshall is a former, I want to say, Anglican priest. Um... Because Protestantism is an individual thing, I don't know what kind of theological training, if any, he got when he was in the, if he even went to seminary. If he's an Anglican, I'm willing to bet, having been former Protestant, he did. So he has some theological training. So when he when he covers for the Vatican II sect, the, the heirs and heresies of the Vatican II council, he's doing it on purpose to sue his own ends. That's the only other conclusion. His, his uh, motivations don't matter. Okay? Let me, for my newer listeners, let me um, try as best as I can to give you a foundation, a foundational idea. When it comes to people's souls, our, 
our um, our motivations don't matter. Now, to those of you who are true Catholic, when it comes to sins, that factors into moral theology. When it comes to souls, though, your your um, intentions don't. And if I'm remembering correctly, it was St. Bernard de Clairvaux who said, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. And by the way, it's been uh, stolen by the secular uh, Americans because I've been hearing that particular aphorism since I've been a kid. But I didn't know it came from St. Bernard of Clairvaux until I came across the, the, the quote. But, um, so there's no excuse there. In the case of Oris, and some of my set of accountants or Protestant lists, or, or even Vatican II sect members who are not familiar Michael Voris runs Church Millen. I did an episode especially for him. He's got a doctor. No, um, it's not a doctor of divinity. He has a title, a, uh, a uh, theological title from a Catholic university. And... Michael Voris is slightly older than me. And his dad was a pre-Vatican II Catholic. So I have to believe that he was trained the right way. And so, when he teaches error and heresy, especially the insidious error and heresy that... Well, you can't criticize Mr. Bergoglio because you're not a saint. That's a damn lie from the pit of hell. And I'm going to call it out every time. That's a damn lie. Now, obviously, if, if you're a Vatican II guy and you're just a layman, <laughs> no, I mean, it, it's not as if if you criticize Mr. Bergoglio in the Vatican, that he's going to hear about it. But as a layman, you have a, a, you you not only have the right, you have a duty. When he rolls in pagan idols into the Vatican itself to express your displeasure, E. Michael Jones, he's a college professor. Honestly, I don't I don't think he teaches theology. I just think uh, he's just a regular apologist who happens to be a college professor. But in his case, well, I have mocked him and said that they give out college diplomas and doctorates like they're handing out candy in kindergarten. But if he's smart enough to be a college professor, or at least I would hope he would be, and he's defending the Vatican, the indefensible, which is the Vatican II Council. He's wrong. Jimmy Aiken. Now, he was afforded a promise Protestant layman. But 
He's a professional. You know, now I know the Jimmy Akin fan fanboys out there are gonna say, oh, the Vatican doesn't pay him. He the Vatican. His website, Catholic Answers, is Vatican II approved. And he's within the uh, Vatican II um, institutions. He has a publisher, I know, being Vatican II, ex-Vatican II. I bought books from Catholic Answers. And, you know, once again, I don't care if he's a former Protestant layman. I don't care if he's a layman now in the Catholic Church. These guys, in addition to spouting errors and heresies, and by the way, when I say Jimmy Aiken, you could use that as a catch-all. Patrick Madrid, the rest of that crowd. What I call the 300 IQ paste-eating brigade. And for those of you outside the United States, just Google paste-eaters. Um, now, in, in addition to purposely spreading lies and heresy, I'm sorry, yeah, lies and heresies of the Vatican II Council, they actively mock and ridicule you know, and and be and because they're Vatican II sect members, um, they don't do it the way I do it when I mock people, you know, directly and in their face. They mocking people. Although I have heard some Vatican II sect uh, sect apologists who who take my approach, and to me, the, these guys are even more contemptible scum than their counterparts. Because they claim, oh, we're the right religion, we're, we're the right religion. And then they, they, they talk about Vatican II, uh, I'm sorry, Sedevacantis, like we are literally beyond the pale. But at the same time, they treat literal pagans and heretics, i.e. Protestants, Hindus, Muslims, and Jews, like, yeah, we're all in the same club, we're... You, Welcome aboard, brother. Yeah, we're but those evil mean set of accountants, we're we're gonna mock and ridicule them. There's no excuse for it. Now I'm sorry uh for getting on that rant. I did say though that this is gonna be a generalized thing. You know, these are literally today is literally random thoughts. Uh for the sake of the patience of my audience, I'm gonna try to keep this within uh, reason, this episode, uh, when I talk about it, it's time-wise. But that is the reason that sometimes I sound and act uh, sound like the drill sergeant for Full Metal Jacket. You're calm and you're rational, and this is part of being deliberation. You're calm and rational when you need to be, when you need to mock and ridicule For a purpose, you do it. But once again, you don't want to get into the sin as I have of, or fault, 
of uh, self-indulgence. And actually, if I'm remembering my catechism correctly, self-indulgence is a sin. But as I stated earlier, there are a segment, not all, a segment of Sedvacantists out there who, and I've, I've stated this, I know, they act no better than people who literally don't know better. And as I've said ad nauseum, I have more toleration for people who are acting out of ignorance than people who should know better. As I've also said in a previous episode, when I was growing up and you did something that you knew, you knew, and and whoever your guardian was knew that you knew better, they'd say, knock it off, you know better. So, you know, when I when I take that approach, um, I'm trying to tell the people who should know better, you know better. And if there are any set of conscious who are listening and you try to make the claim, well, oh, I didn't know this stuff. I don't know this stuff. No excuse. No excuse. Your duty as a true Catholic, just like I tell the Vatican II sect members, is to know what you believe. Once again, to quote St. Paul, St. Paul in one of his epistles says, you have to be able to give a reason for why you believe or a reason why um, what you believe you believe. Something along those lines. You know, if I'm, you know, I'm like I said, the Vatican II sect, especially now, If if we're talking about a layman Vatican II sect member who grew up in the traditional church who's defending Vatican II, out of respect for their age, I wouldn't, you know, read them the riot act, but they don't better. They have no excuse. But this the Vatican II sect members who are my age and younger if they've been brought up in this religion all their life, they literally know be- uh, don't know better. They literally don't know better. But said Vacantis, there's, there's no excuse for not knowing. And what I find especially hypocritical is you're going to try to tell the Vatican II sect or whoever you're talking to how wrong they are and just given by some of my interactions with some of the Senate of the Contests online, they may be well-versed in apologetics when it comes to actually knowing what they should believe and putting it into practice. They don't do it. We, and, and, you know, and as said of the Contests, we literally have no excuse. Because when I got introduced to the concept of set of on Twitter, set of I'm sorry, on Twitter, um, 
I had never heard of Sedvacantism before. I did not know the Vatican II uh, Council was a heresy. Now, part of that was my fault in, in the sake of all honesty. But once I recognized the truth in Sedvacantism, we can't use the excuse, well, there's a lack of material. There's literally tons of material. We have... I'm not counting Europe because I know Europe has their own set of contest uh, organizations. We literally have four or five in America organizations where priests and bishops, and not just them, actual laymen, have podcasts. Now, in the case of the laymen, it's a mixed bag, honestly, in my mind. It's a mixed bag. But as far as listening to the sermons of the priests and the bishops, you have no excuse. And having consumed some of the, the sermons, a lot of these sermons, unless you're listening to a lecture at a seminary, are under 20 minutes. You have no excuse. You literally should know better. That's it. So if you're one of these set of contests who are upset that you feel I'm being mean to you and I'm being, you know, uncharitable toward you, I'm going to bottom line it for you. I would rather have you think I'm being uncharitable than to, for you to go to hell if I can at least plant a seed in you to get you to get serious about what you claim to love and believe. Anyhow. So, that's... That, that is my explanation. Oh, one other thing. I just put up a new episode of a remake that I did from last night. The reason, number one, was the, the original topic that I was supposed to be focused on turned into a self-indulgent rant against my own co-religionists. And that's wrong. I've done enough episodes where I've taken my co-religionists to task. It wasn't necessary and it was clearly self-indulgence on my part. That's why I took it down. That's why I re-recorded it. And quite frankly, even though it's almost twice as long, I, 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 I'm positive that it's better quality and it's definitely on topic and I do cover things um, in some parts of that vid uh, not video uh, podcast uh, episode that I, I don't believe I've covered period. But for my newer audience out there just Try if you can. Um, and I do realize that some, some people just like to, oh, this sounds interesting. They'll listen to it and they'll move on. 
But if any of, uh, if you're a first timer and this intrigues you, try to remember what I talked about in this episode. Everything I do, I do for a reason. Nothing is by random and nothing is by chance. And even when I slide into self-indulgence, there's a reason behind it. But I'm not making excuses and saying it's the right reason. It's self-indulgence. If it's self-indulgence, it's the wrong reason. Um, and as far as... um. As far as uh, you know, there, uh, my approach being deliberate. One of the other aims, personal aims of mine in doing this, both of my podcasts, is that I want it to be beneficial for anybody who's honestly and sincerely wanting to find the truth. I want it to be beneficial to them. And um, I've, I've, I've done episodes where I've explained my approach on my podcast. It was just that uh, when my friend told me about the fire and brimstone, and after I got re- Recording, done recording the last episode, especially since the original slid into self-indulgence, I felt it was time to not only correct the error of last night's self-indulgence, but to hopefully, hopefully correct the error of previous instances where I slid into self-indulgence. Now, one last thing. One last thing. Um, this, this concept may be necessary. I mean, I've done it in the past, but I'm saying it may need to be not necessarily a regular thing, it's gonna. I'm gonna need to remind my audience of something. One of the biggest, once again, faults and errors of modern day society and culture, and it's linked with the pride, is the uh, self righteousness. Now, having been on the receiving end of self righteousness, I ain't gonna lie. I absolutely despise it myself, but I especially despise it in people who are actual hypocrites. So I want to remind you guys of something. As I said at the beginning of this episode, I've only been doing this. I don't want to talk about the episode itself. I'm sorry, the podcast themselves. I'm actually talking about getting serious about my Catholicism. And like I said, I've, I've said this before, but it bears repeating and maybe bear repeating in the future. Um, 
if if something in one of my podcast episodes turns ugly in your mind, I want to ask you sincerely, sincerely, to remember that, number one, I don't consider myself any better than you. If my criticisms seem harsh, it is not because I I, I think that somehow or another I'm some self-righteous a-hole. I want I would like to ask you to remember that. But the second part of this goes, and this goes back to one of the errors of modern day society and culture. Try to remind yourself if you can, if you find yourself being angry with my tone and judgmental about without knowing me personally, my approach, how I'm saying it, what I'm saying. Uh, my massacring of the English language, and for my foreign listeners, I'm an American, I'm just not a very eloquent speaker. Just try to remind yourself that you got your own flaws and faults. And, um, I, when, when, when I do get critical, Number one, it's in a generalized way. But number two, it's not directed at anyone, any one person personally, but any any particular person in particular. Well, I already said that. Any person in particular. So... I'm not denouncing a you personally. I'm denouncing the uh, the faults and the sins that I see occurring going on around me, especially in some cases of my co-religionists. And I'm going to close out with this. The, the friend that I mentioned earlier, who's a listener, I suspected that, well, I don't want to make it too personal. What I'm going to say is, I had actually referenced some of our private conversations in the course of this podcast. And because I try to be a man of my word, I want to, with all sincerity and humility that I'm capable of, apologize for doing that. Because there's nothing worse than somebody that you think is a friend who they may not use your name in particular, but they bring up a, uh, a conversation that, you know, what you thought was private and then turn around um, and like I said, not name your name, but, you know, and then a friend of yours comes by and says, you know, so-and-so, he didn't mention you directly. 
that that is the worst kind of hypocrisy and dare I say betrayal of trust. For my longtime listeners, and they're probably by this point tired of hearing this, I'm not a saint, but I also try to be a man of my word. I have stated frequently through both of my podcast channels that if I get, if I'm in error, I'm going to make a public apology. Now, as near as I can tell, my friend has not listened to any of my recent episodes. And quite frankly, um, I don't blame him. It was literally bad on my part what I did. So, to him, I offer my sincere and humble apology. And as near as I remember, I don't think I've made a public apology for that particular um, sin. Because by the way, it is a sin. If you, uh, even if you don't use the person's name, if you reference um, a particular conversation you had which was supposed to be private publicly that's a sin even if you didn't mention their name now as far as whether it's venial or mortal I couldn't tell you Um, I'm not a moral theologian and I'm not a canon lawyer but I do play one on this podcast (laughs) just kidding It's, it's a joke I really shouldn't joke on these podcasts because in the past couple of years, well, people in general have a hard time getting my sense of humor. So, especially with foreign listeners, they might not get that I'm joking, but just that last part was just a joke. I don't consider myself a canon lawyer or a moral theologian. Anyway, guys, just try to lighten things up. Um, I really appreciate you giving me an hour of your time. I do. I thank you for your time and patience. I hope and pray that if you're intrigued, if you're a new listener by this episode, that you'll delve into some of my previous episodes and that you find them edifying. And if I do have long-term listeners to my to this particular uh, platform, and I'm hoping to get some traffic on the original, the original, despite its shortcomings, in my mind, is very beneficial. But um, I, 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 I sincerely hope and pray. They, everybody, all my listeners, find my material edifying. One last thing before I close out. I have said in previous episodes, if you are Catholic, and I'm, I'm talking true Catholic, 
you should go on to the, my original podcast and listen to the episodes on Protestantism, especially if you are ignorant on the history and the errors and heresies of Protestantism. If you're a Protestant, um, even if you think I'm full of garbage and I'm just some uh, godless, merry-worshipping pagan, I encourage you, listen to my episodes on Catholicism. Just because you're either Catholic or Protestant, you need to understand what the person that you consider your opponent, you need to understand what they believe and the history of what they believe. That is my two cents advice. So, thank you for listening. Thank you for your time and your patience. A hearty and, and sincere God bless you. Thank you for listening. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Sveinar heime vära Jöj med det gulle ball Det gör sex på hejningsland Och röjne dig önn i kall Ria dig ut ur Frankländer Med dyre drås i sadel Läs i lören olivant Och rusar bollen Vunde dig upp det silkesegel Högt upp i seglerå Så seglar dig på hejningsland Och i virke Ja, ut ur Franklandet med dyre drås i sadel Läs i dörren olivan på rusarbollen Slogs dig ut på rusarbollen i dagarna två och två Hejningen fall för Rolandsvärde som storren för goda då Ria dig ut ur Franklandet med dyre drås i sadel Heidningen fall for Rolandsverdi som snjoen driver i heie Ria deg ut ur Franklandet med dyre drås i sal Læs i løren olivan for rusarvolden Slogs deg ut på rusarvolden, trøyte menner og moe Sol i fekken skjer skinebjag for røyken av alle blod Ria deg ut ur Franklandet med dyre drås i sadel Læs i løren olivant og rusar bollen Roland satte luren på blodiga mund i pläsan i med vreie Går inna jord og jarer og jo i berav i berheie Ria deg ut ur Franklandet med dyre drås i sadel Läs i lören olivan på rusarvolden 
Fram så kom väl du då Jord i det sock ut i stier och gäng Roland med sina ögon Och täus och hack på de hejdingar trängde Ria dig ut vår flanklande Med dyre drås i sad Bäs i buren Kjem han Magnus kongen, det sätter sig alla röde. Han har full köpe med sylt och guld och då var alla hejningar döde. Ria dig ut och Franklande med dyre drås i sade. Bläs i luren och livan på rusar bollen.